0: You're listening to Deep Pockets by Investa, a podcast where we feature some of the best traders and business people in the industry to help you grow your finances and pursue your passion. Let's have a business talk, Maha Investa. All right, so what's up, Maha Investa? Welcome back to another episode of the Investa Learn Business Talk. And once again, we have a very special guest, Mr. Paco Magsaysay. Welcome, sir. Hi. Alright, maraming salamat for being part of the show. Uh, again, this is where we interview, deconstruct, and get inspiration from very successful Filipino entrepreneurs. So last week, we also had Mr. Jomag say of Potato Corner. And sobrang coincidence because I contacted you, sir, Sir Paco. But I didn't really know that you are related to Sir, sir John Mag. Yeah. Yes, so... Wala lang small world lang. So how have you been doing right now during the ACQ, during the lockdown, sir?
1: Just keeping busy. I mean, the the first month of the lockdown was um, really a wait and see period. Wait and see meaning, um, you know, how things were gonna go. How were you gonna feel being locked in your house for you know 24/7? Um, and then I think after the first four to six weeks, then you start. Understanding that things are going to be very different, you know moving forward and you, you need to start making adjustments because if you if you try to sell the same way you used to sell before you know it's it's a it's a different world now um so it's just really um keeping busy uh, and trying to see how we can adjust to the new the, the new norm as, as people are saying the new norm
0: all right so how how have you been doing now? Are you with your family? Have you been spending time with them recently?
1: Yeah, just you know, I'm I'm 52 years old, so I'm a little bit scared to catch the mm. <laughs> COVID. So I've been uh, trying to stay at home more than you know, more than other people seem to be going out a little bit. But I I really try to stay home and um, uh, just keep busy in the house, do do work, communicate with our staff, and uh, interact with some of the resellers, you know. Because our resellers are also having a difficult time selling now. Yes. Um, so, it's really uh, just uh, keeping busy and trying to be productive.
0: Alright. So, one big factor ngayon is yung pandemic, sir. But we'll try to dive into how we can adapt to the new normal. But for now, let's start with Carmen's Best. So, if you guys don't know yet, Carmen's Best is the leading premium ice cream brand in the Philippines. So sir can you tell us more about how the company started so that our audience knows how you brought Carmen's Best to life back in 2011 Okay well the
1: story actually begins in 2007 when when my father and uh, a few of his friends put up a dairy farm in Bai Laguna So Bai is uh, next to the International Rice Institute and uh, UP Los Baños. Uh, so we put up a dairy farm there. We long-term leased uh, 20, 27 hectares of uh, land there from a, from a family. Um, so that was a 25, back-to-back 25, 25 long-term lease. Uh, so we built, um, you know, the, the milking parlor, the barn uh, to set up the dairy farm. Now in uh, 2000, Nine, we incorporated a company called Carmen's Best Dairy Products. Because we did not know we were going to make ice cream. Talagang dairy products lang ang iniisip namin. No? So, we were, initially, we were making flavored milk, mga yogurt, and um, even pastillas, No, which, it's not very exciting. I mean, to say that you're selling pastillas is not a very exciting thing to say. No? But then when Uh, I made ice cream, you know, I made ice cream in the kitchen and it was, it was just amazing using the fresh milk and the ingredients that we had in mind that we were going to be using. And it it was really, it floored me, the taste. So moving forward, we, we decided not to sell anything else but ice cream just to concentrate on ice cream. And to, our goal was to make as many people try it. That's the goal. Just make people try the ice cream because that's how different our ice cream is compared to others now. Have you tried your ice cream?
0: Actually, sir, I haven't gonna... had one in a long time. But okay.
1: But you did them before.
0: I actually ordered today. So, it's okay. gonna arrive in a few minutes. Okay. So that I can show you na I'm trying it and okay. I can have like a tasting... A spoon. A
1: spoon, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, even for us, I think with one spoonful, you can mm-hmm. tell na the quality of anything. It doesn't have to be ice cream only, but just one spoon of whether it's leche flan or it's a spoon of paella or a spoon of soup, you can already tell the quality or how different the product is. No? Yes. So when we when we really first started, my goal was to make as many people try our ice cream as possible. So I was doing a lot of free tasting, uh, sampling in the Saturday market in Makati, the Salcedo Market. You know, I was going to a lot of events, sponsoring it and giving out free ice cream, and and that's how we built our our brand, you know, we we started with a small base and, you know, these people started telling their friends and family about our product. And that's how we really wanted to sell was for people to sell our product. We don't spend so much in advertising. We didn't spend so much in, you know, below the line uh, type of advertising. It's, we want our customers to be our brand ambassadors. So we make it in a way that when they try it, they they really push it to their friends and family.
0: And how long did that take for people to start picking up on their own?
1: Well, like you haven't even tried your ice cream. So (laughs) it shows you, uh, but you've known about it. Yes. I mean, people, a lot of people know about it, but they think it's normal ice cream.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, I mean, I did not, I did not spend the last uh, 12 years of my life to make normal ice cream. I wanted to make exceptional ice cream. That's why we are selling in Singapore because we are competing on quality. Nobody knows why I am in Singapore. Nobody knows who Carmen is in Singapore, but when they try it, they like it because of the quality, not because who makes it or it's named after this person or that person. It's all about quality. So from day one, that's how we started our business. That we're going to make the best ice cream we can make. But it's going to cost some money to make expensive ice cream, you know, because the ingredients are different. The process is different. We don't pump much air into it. So even our ice cream, when it melts, it doesn't go down because we don't intentionally pump air into our ice cream to save cost on product you know so there's so many uh factors to make very good ice cream and all those factors we we address it to make the best possible product we can come up with
0: all right so most other other ice cream brands they pump air they pump air into their ice cream to make it more to
1: no to make it less expensive for them because uh-huh. What happens when a cup of your mass-produced ice cream that you buy in the grocery, what happens when it melts? It's less than half, right? That means you're paying for air. (laughs) People don't understand that. Half of what you're paying with commercial ice cream is air. All right. So how much is that? Even though it's Mura, you're only actually paying for less than half of what you're getting. Whereas with our product, yeah, it's more expensive, but what do you get for it? So people don't understand. They don't. They don't appreciate you know, the process, they don't appreciate uh, the ingredients and you know what's behind the product. And uh, you know, we made it in a way that you don't have to understand the science part of ice cream, but it's just when you try it, it's already different, you'll know. And that's how we've grown the business. And, I mean, more people try it, more people keep on buying it. You know? So those who refuse to buy it are really not our market. You know, these are the people who refuse to spend X amount for a cup of ice cream, then I'm not looking to sell to them. I'll just, I'll be committed to my uh, base customers. And it's not that many. I mean, I work, we're targeting the A and B market. And that's the smallest market segment in the Philippines. Right? The largest segment is the CB and E market, but I'm not catering to those guys. If I start catering to those guys, then I have to play the rules of the big players and I cannot compete with them. So for me, let me play my game. Let me let me be in this arena of super premium ice cream. And those who want super premium ice cream, they come to me.
0: All right, all right. So when you talk about your primary market, how did you start to discover that I want to focus on this kind of market? I want to become a premium ice cream instead of scaling it into and just pump air like everyone else does.
1: Well, first of all. Um, I wanted to make a product that I would eat.
0: <laughs> okay. So I was,
1: I was the first target. I was the first target market of, of how we were going to make the ice cream. So when, when I first um, tried making the ice cream, sampling, making it in the kitchen, uh, I made the strawberry chocolate and vanilla, the, the usual flavors. No? And even with that, I already felt that, wow, oh, this, is, this is so different from any ice cream I've tried in my life. And this is how I want to sell. This is what I want to sell because it's, it's going to sell. I know this is going to sell because it's so different. you know. And then also, you have to look at your supply. We were using fresh milk from our own farm. We don't have unlimited milk. You know, we only have a X number, thousands of liters of milk a day. Uh, so I couldn't go mass market. You know, there's no way I can do mass market if you have limited supply of your milk. Right? So, that already told me that I can't make so much ice cream. I have to work with what we have. So, in working with what we have, um, that's how um, we, we really concentrated on making the best possible product ever. And we've been doing it since day one. All right. Did I answer your question?
0: Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so, aside from being the premium ice cream brand, no? Uh, I can see that a large part of your market are also women. Because yeah. I got it from, of course, the name, Carmen's Best. Yeah. And then you also have a lot of flavors pertaining to, like, he's not worth it or <laughs> something like that. Yeah. So yeah. How, how did you discover now, oh I should be marketing this more to women, women. and men? Yeah.
1: Okay, so when we first started in, um, in 2011, February of 2011, that's when Facebook was really ramping up. I think the users of Facebook was, they were really coming in to, to use Facebook. And, and Facebook was also looking for content. Um, I, I put up a fan page in, in uh, Facebook for Carmen's Best. And you can see the analytics there. It tells you where the people are from, the age range. It tells you male or female. Then I saw that 75% of the people who like our page are female. I, I was shocked. You know, I was like, wow, and an dami palang. Then I realized that dessert is really more for women, you know, like cakes and and ice cream pastries. Whereas men sort of tend to spend their money on alcohol or or tobacco, you know. I mean that's that's more of a preference now. So in understanding that, um, kasi the there's a funny story behind the he's not worth it. there. Eh. <laughs> I would, I would hang out in um, one of our resellers. I try to patronize our resellers. So I'll hang out in their coffee shop or I visit the restaurants. I buy in that particular grocery because they sell our ice cream. So I try to patronize um, our resellers. So at that time, um, we just got uh, a chain of coffee shop uh, shops. Uh, Toby's Estate. So Toby's mm-hmm. Estate opened in Makati and, um, you know, it was relatively near our office. So I would sit, hang out there and have my meetings there. And then they started getting our ice cream and they're using our milk for, for their coffee. No? So, you know, like every once in a while, I'll stand up, I'll talk to people. Hey, have you tried your ice cream? I, I uh, supply the ice cream here, you know, all these things. And I would get feedback like, you know my friend was um feeling bad the other week and she was eating your ice cream and it made her feel better you know and then, and then that same afternoon this other lady said you know you know my my friend they broke she broke up with her boyfriend and and she was feeling bad and she started eating your ice cream and I said oh wow i said maybe there's something here you know there's some correlation that i can get from this thing <coughs> so it was a very informal survey that I did. And um, I remember the book that came out um, several years ago called He's Not That Into You. There's a book that came out that became a New York Times bestseller called He's Not That Into You. So I sort of just changed the words around and I said, he's not worth it. Mm. So I asked some people, of course, some women, like what type of flavor should this be? You know, what should uh, a flavor that, when women feel bad and they eat ice cream, what flavor should it yes, be? What
0: flavor? And
1: they should it should be very rich and decadent and chocolate and you know. And I was thinking, oh, that's a Mississippi mud pie, right? So a Mississippi mud pie is actually the recipe of he's not worth it. So it's dark chocolate fudge nuts brownie. So it's that's what that's what uh, he's not worth. It. It's a, actually a Mississippi mud pie. So, if I had called it a Mississippi mud pie, I would need to explain it anyway. So, I just called it, He's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and people love it, you know. So, that, that's how that, that flavor came about. But, I mean, there's really, you know, when we grew our business, there's really not much scientific or study behind it. It was more on, on my professors in AIM will get mad, but it was more on <laughs> gut feel. <laughs> because... Um, you know, when we started the business, we had no idea it was going to grow. I mean, we were just looking to sell in the village, in, in, in the village where we live. And, um, you know, we were tracking the number of flavors or what flavors were selling. What was our top selling flavor in January or February of 2011? What was the top selling in March of, of 2011? We don't know that because we weren't taking down notes. You know, we, were, we weren't recording what was being sold. It was only after three or four years that we really started taking the business seriously and said, hey, you know, there's a little bit of a momentum going on here and maybe I should take a proper class on how to make ice cream and really learn how to do it. So that's... Yeah, so we really started taking things seriously after the second or third year.
0: Okay, so by now, you know a lot about ice cream. And you've been telling me that you started learning... Uh, on how to make your ice cream in the kitchen. Ba, sir? Yes. Uh, can you tell us more on the learning process? How did you start learning more about the process of making ice cream? Well, I think uh, we're
1: sort of seeing that now with all these people getting into baking and cooking and you know posting videos in uh, YouTube and Facebook. So it's just really being curious and you know, in in my case, I learned how to make ice cream by watching YouTube videos, which Mm. I mean, a lot of people watch YouTube videos to make the proper omelette, how to cook a steak, you know, how to make French toast or pancakes. You know, it's it's all in YouTube. So, you know, when I started learning how to make ice cream and I turned to YouTube on how to make it. So just making it that way, it was already good. But then when I took the proper class on how to really make Proper ice cream. That's when it really took off. I mean, this was around
0: 2013,
1: mm-hmm. and um, tamang-tama, 2012, nagpullout ng hagendas sa Philippines. So 2012, the company of the company that owned hagendas, which is General Mills, they own Pillsbury and other big brands from the US. They pulled out of the country. So, when they pulled out of the country, it was, a, it was really timing for us because they pulled out, I think, for second or third quarter of 2012. Kami naman, we came into the market uh, first quarter of 2011. So, parang we were, we were already in the market. People kind of knew about us. And, you know, m- my goal was to make it better than Hagen-Dazs, no? So, it making it better than Hagen-Dazs, I couldn't naman sell it higher than Hagen-Dazs. I had to make it lower the price, no? So, Hagendas at that time was selling ice cream at, um, if I'm not mistaken, it was 400. So, 400 pesos for a, for a pint of ice cream, you know, 12, 12, 10, 12 years ago was a lot of money, you know. Uh, so, we, were, we came out with a uh, 350 peso pint at that time. But so we were lower than Hagendas. And we were, we were giving out a lot of, um, you know, samples for people to try. We were doing a lot of events at that time. So that's, you know, that's how, that's how the ice cream came about. But 2013, I took a class in Penn State. Now, Penn State is uh, an agricultural school in the U.S. that's known for, well, they're known for the ice cream short course. And that's where Ben and Jerry studied. So I studied where Ben and Jerry uh, studied um, back in 2013.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So that's in Pennsylvania? Yes, it's in
1: Pennsylvania. Okay, okay, okay.
0: So after that you started working on your ice cream again and created So we
1: we reformulated, you know, to have a balanced product. Because not all ingredients work well with ice cream. Example, the way ice cream is made, it has more cream than milk. You look at gelato, gelato has more milk than cream. That's why the flavor profile of gelato is very different from that of ice cream. Ice cream is more nuts and chocolate. Right? Because it has a higher fat content. So the taste of nuts and, and chocolate can sort of pierce the fat. Whereas gelato is more fruity. Mga melon, grape, diba Lemon, um, mango. So on gelato, it's a, it's a lighter, lighter, uh, lower fat product. And that's why the flavor profile is more fruits naman. um yeah, so that's that's the difference of of the science side of ice cream gelato and you know um low fat ice cream high fat ice cream and so on low overrun you know high overrun which is the, the air the air I'm talking about uh, yeah,
0: oh okay. sorry, I'm getting technical <laughs> it's okay, it's <laughs> okay. bomb i'm mga ice cream enthusiast na again. Na, Alright, so let's dig into the business model, Naman, sir. So right now, when I look into your website, you actually have so many resellers and you have one in Singapore, like you said, Kanina. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit more about the business model? What um, What makes Carmen's best a sustainable and successful business here in the Philippines?
1: Well... That's a very broad question to ask. <laughs> yeah. but um i think uh, we we grew our business by it's it was really baby steps i mean we we were going one account at a time and um visiting restaurants, we were visiting coffee shops, and you were knocking at doors, it's not mm-hmm. like people were calling you i mean now people. Have an idea of what Carmen's best is, so it's it's a lot easier to to sell it now because people know know of it or they've at least tried it. Um, but back then it was it was very difficult. I mean, I mean, I'm not a culinary person. I didn't study culinary. I didn't study pastry. I don't own a restaurant. I mean, people don't know me as a food, you know, like a critic or whatnot. I just like to eat, you know. So. <laughs> So, I just made my hobby of eating ice cream, which I love to eat ice cream, I made it to a business, you know. So, when I would talk to people, whether it's chefs or restaurant owners, and um, so the, the, the restaurants I would try to, you know, have a sales call with would be, you know, the, the little bit higher restaurants. I couldn't sell it to restaurants that, that sell their food at under 100 bucks, and then my ice cream was more than 100 bucks already, right? So I, you, it was also easier to sort of weed out the prospects, you know, because you were just dealing with a smaller, um, smaller group of restaurants or a smaller market of, of uh, clients, potential clients. Um, and, you know, most of these people, whether relatives know, friends know, or you know, you went to school with them or whatnot, and, you know, you always try to get the low-hanging fruit. Right, what does that mean? You try to get the account that's easiest to close. Once you get the accounts that's easiest to close, then you go from there. You move whether you move geographically, whether it's uh, restaurants or coffee shops or groceries around the area. Para pag binagsak na ng truck mo yung ice cream dun, maralapita yung ibang account. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want to get an account halfway across town and there's only one guy there <laughs> because yeah. logi ka na. So geographically, we would try to close an account. So once we get one account in, let's say, Salcedo Village, we to na Salcedo Village so that the truck, when it comes to hopefully, he can do another three or four deliveries within, the same, within a certain radius, right? Another way of doing it was by industry. So you close one account, a, let's say a coffee shop, then you talk to the other coffee shops. That, hey, you know, we have this coffee shop. Would you be open to carry our ice cream you know, so and so on and so so and so forth, right? So that w- that was another way of looking at it was through geo, um, uh, through through industry, you know. You uh, can even be as specific as like, let's say you close an account that's a Japanese restaurant, then you start hitting other Japanese restaurants and promoting your green tea ice cream because you use a special matcha powder that is not bitter, and you know you start explaining about the matcha and the process, you know once. So the people who will buy into your idea or buy into your ice cream are the people who are looking for high quality. Kasi kung ang tingin nila is padamihan ng benta, kukunin nila sa, sa ikot, that's not my game. That's not my market. Diba? So even just looking at a menu of a restaurant, you already know whether you should you know, approach them to carry the ice cream or not. Because you already know by looking at their menu items, whether, ay, pasok ba yung product ko dito hindi. Diba? So, doon
0: lang alam mo na eh. Alright. So, I hope I
1: answered your question. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> okay. So, more on trying to become more efficient when looking into geographical areas, no? So, dito sa area na to, dito ko focus yeah. yung force ng sales ko. So, dito yeah. ko hahanapin yung mga accounts. Yeah. And trying to get to know your customer talaga. So, if it's Japanese, yeah. try to look into their culture like sa green tea. Yeah. Diba, sir? Alright. Alright, so... A big portion of uh, the sales of your ice cream come from airlines, hotels, resorts, sir. Yes. And unfortunately, yeah. we have a situation now, Yes. The health pandemic. So, what have you been doing to, um, to, ad- to adapt to this situation, sir?
1: Okay, so... Yeah so you know the first 4 weeks as i was saying you're sort of waiting and seeing what's happening and and where this is going and, and you start to realize oh my goodness ang laki ng tama sa restaurant business ito ang laki ng tama sa coffee shops ang laki ng tama sa hotel hotel industry sa tourism you know ang laki ng tama sa airlines tiba, and you know that's more than 50% of my market you know and um so, you, for me it's always good to think with a clear mind, you know, because once you start, um, how do you say, stressing yourself out or panicking, that's when you stop thinking clearly, right? So as much as possible, you, you sort of, you know, just let things ride out and uh, try to figure out uh, what next step to do. And in doing that, I noticed my behavior changed. My behavior in terms of, you know, prior to the pandemic, I didn't know how to use online banking, like how to transfer bank to bank, you know, to buy all these things from the fiber Groups. I didn't know how to do that. And um, I kept on asking my secretary to pay this and to pay that. Nahiya na ako because <laughs> I was constantly telling, oh, you pay this, pay that. And I said, you know, I got to learn how to do this, you know? So I started, I learned how to do it. Um, and I, I'm using this uh, Union Bank app because it's so easy to use. Para it's made for people who are not used to using tech for bank payments, right? So I've gotten used to using uh, my my mobile banking app to pay for whether it's seafood, fruits, um, vegetables, which I never did before. I mean, you'd only buy seafood, fruits, and vegetables from the grocery or the palengke, diba? But now you're buying it from people who are dropping it off in your house or you're picking it up in somebody's house. And I noticed that the the behavior of people changed on how they consume or they buy products. Kasi nag-iba nag yung akin eh. Diba? So sabi ko, nako, baka this is a good time to start selling yung talagang per community, per village. And I remember the first uh, few weeks of the lockdown in our village, you couldn't even go in and out. So if even if you wanted ice cream, if it's not in the village, you can't get it, right? there's no way you can have it brought in. Even though I, I own a plant which is maybe 10 kilometers down the road, I can't have the ice cream brought in because nothing was allowed in the village, right? So I realized, I should put up community resellers. Put up community resellers in the different villages. So naglagay ako ng ads sa, sa, sa Facebook ko. Nagulat ako, ang dami nag replies. that they wanted to be a community reseller of Carmen's Best. And I guess because of the situation, maybe their jobs um, are a little bit in jeopardy. Maybe their businesses like mine is a little bit compromised because of what's happening. So they're looking at other things to sell. And here I come with an opportunity for them to earn a little bit of money, right? So say, hey, if you guys want to sell Carmen's Best, we're looking for um, community resellers. Ang ganda ng, ng response ng community resellers And, you know, for me, I'd prefer to have people come to me than me approach them. Because the few times that I've approached people to sell our product, it's not been good. Because, number one, they don't feel that the product is worth it or they don't feel that they can sell it. You know, so for me, I want you to think about it first. I want you to go through the process of how are you going to sell it? Who are you going to sell to? Can you sell it or not in your area? Then you approach me. But I am not going to come to you and tell you, hey, you know what? You can sell my product and you can do good with it. I'm not going to do that because more likely than not, they're not going to sell well. Hmm. Diba? Kasi yung energy, eh? hindi si, hindi yung energy sa yes. For me, I'd rather think about it. If you don't think it's a good fit, then don't sell it. Right? But if you feel that you have a market, that you feel that you can sell it, then then let's talk. Let's talk about it. So that's, you know, we've been... For me it's all about being blessed and helping people as much as you can. And maybe I got some divine intervention and I my mind got clear the last four to six weeks and I go, Oh wow, let's come up with community research. Mm. So and um yeah, so it's it's really um, you just kinda have to go with the flow and, and see how things will, will work out. Because being in a panic mode is not gonna help anyone. You know, you you have to think clearly and think um you know in a way that will sort of go with the times you know when you do your pivot, you have to be pivoting in a sense that this is how things are going to be from now on you know
0: all right, all right, so for those who are interested in becoming community resellers, do you have any requirements, any minimum if they want to start selling
1: your- <laughs> so you know so what we did was um parang you just have to pay a security deposit of 8000 pesos and then you're stuck. you don't even have to stock so meaning hindi uh, kang maglalabas ng pera just get get orders from your village okay and then you aggregate it, that the money that is uh uh paid to you you'll remit it to us and that's how we determine what we will send you but you you tell you ask your clients what flavors they like mm. para they can ano get to Choose what flavors that they want to eat. Right. So even that, walang 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 puhunan, diba? And um, so we'll see. We'll go from there. I mean, more people are, you know, buying stuff through all these fiber groups or online or delivered. So hopefully we can, I you know, we can sort of close the gap. You know, because right now we're just looking to break even. <laughs> I mean, a lot of businesses are, are shutting down, but kame we're Look, our goal is to like, hey, let's break even. You know, let's just break even. <laughs> I mean, if we break even, it's a success already. You know, so yeah.
0: All right. So, sure. Pranag na yung times ngayon, but for now, do you have any future plans or major goals that you want Carmen's best to achieve? I think we have to ano muna.
1: I mean, the what's happening now, the immediate. Situation, and I mean, the next several months or even a couple of years, we have to see if we can survive this, you know, uh, as much as possible. I, I'd like to to think that a lot of people still look for uh, quality products and quality ice cream.
0: And so, aside from the business side, Aman, we also want to know more about you and how you grew up to become this person. So, can we go back to the roots Aman, and how? your upbringing was?
1: Okay, well, um, my parents separated when I was a very young age. I was, uh, I think, six or seven years old. And the reason I bring it up is because that, that made me... Um, my mom moved to the U.S. So since they separated, my mom moved to the U.S. So I went with her to the U.S. I was 12 years old at that time. Yeah, you're 12 years old, you're not even a teenager. It's not like you say, hey Filipino ako to the Philippines. It's not like that, I mean, You're 12 mm-hmm. years old, you just go where your mom takes you, right? Mm-hmm. So I went with her to the US along with my sister. And I ended up staying there for another 13 years. So from the age of twelve to twenty-five, I was living in the US. So I pretty much grew up in the US. And um yeah, so I I kind of have a different exposure to food, you know. Um especially to ice cream. So when you talk to me about ice cream, the flavors I think of are the flavors we have in Carmen's Best. You know, I don't really think of ube, I don't think of that so much, although we have that now. <laughs> but um, the first few years, I mean, you talk to me about ice cream and I'm talking about butter pecan, I'm talking about coffee ice cream, I'm talking about, so it's butterscotch, you know, it's it's not the traditional flavors that you would think of, you know. So I guess my exposure or my spending so much time in the U.S., it it gave me a different perspective, not only with flavors, but even how to – your work ethic. I mean, how hard you work. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm pretty intense. Um, I'm an intense person. You know, growing up in the U.S., you kind of tend to be intense and you, know, you work hard and, and all that. But I noticed that in – uh, majority of Filipinos are very laid back, or you know, very laid back. <laughs> so, so uh, and I also noticed that uh, Pinois don't like intense people, right? So exactly. I had to sort of, um, I, I had to show sort to of hide it. I, I had to hide my intensity <laughs> by cracking a lot of jokes and smiling all the time and stuff. And um, but you know, when it's time to work, I mean, there's no. No other way, but you really have to put in the hours when you're starting a new business. I mean, the, num- the amount of hours you'll put in, it's, it's insane. And it's so much that it starts compromising um, the other aspects of your life, you know, whether it's relationships with your loved ones or your... I mean, I was working Sunday Sundays also. Wow. And that's when we normally have our Sunday family lunch, you know? So I would skip Sunday lunch. I'd be working. Saturdays, I mean the Saturday market, you know. So it was, I mean, it was for a few years um, just starting the business. It was so difficult because you don't have enough money to hire people. So you have to do it yourself. You don't have money to hire production people. So you're doing it yourself. You You don't have money to hire drivers and whatnot. So you're, you're, your driver who normally drives to you is doing the deliveries and you're taking a cab or a cheap to your next meeting or what, you know? So there's a lot of sacrifice. I mean, it's not like you can hang out, go out on weekends and do your vacations. I mean, it's really the first few years of putting up a business. It's no joke, you know? I mean, that's why there's so many businesses that shut down because there's so many factors that, that work against you. And, you know, I just feel that because of my hard work and so you go to my my different outlook and, and and also my faith, you know, I, I just sort of, I, I wasn't expecting so much. I, I didn't even know this thing was going to grow. As I was telling you earlier, the first two years, we were just kind of playing around. You know, we were just making ice cream and we were not looking so much of how much money we were making. You know, that was not the point. The point was we wanted to make a very good product. We wanted to be an example of what you could do with dairy products. That was really the the, the the idea. We wanted to be an example of what you can do with dairy products that you can make into a business. So, parang kami yung ano yung how do you say? Kami yung yung case study on what you can do with a with a dairy to make good, whether it's cake or it's uh, yogurt or whatever using fresh milk, Kasi wala fresh milk um, available sa Pilipinas. We're, in fact, our dairy dairy needs in our country, we bring in ninety nine point six percent of the dairy needs, and most of that is powdered milk. That's why Pinoys, when they drink milk, they think of Klim or they think of Birch. It's it's all powdered because that's what's available to mm-hmm. the to the public, right? But why do you think the same Filipino who will go to Australia or the same Filipino who will go to the U.S. or the same Filipino who will go to the Netherlands, who has access to fresh milk, when they start drinking it every day, they come back to the Philippines, they're huge because it's the milk, it's the milk <laughs> that's what makes it different. It's the milk, right? So, you know, uh, people don't understand that here that the milk is very nutritious and it will make products taste very different from using powdered. Mm. That's why we use we, we always stress we use fresh milk for our ice cream because at the at changes totally the taste of the product than using powdered because most of the big companies they use powdered silang access sa fresh milk eh. so these are the things that make Carmen's best different and that's what also makes it more tasty or mas masarap siya. yeah so that's what we're looking for people who'll appreciate the taste and the quality that we give we're not looking to sell a lot because mm-hmm. we're selling it at a price where majority of the the consumers are willing to pay for it. No, we're selling a product that is very high in quality and very good, and excellent, that if you want something good, that it's a treat, eh talagang itong kakainin mo. Diba? So yun yung yun, idea namin, yun market
0: Alright, and obviously you get those, you get the supply of milk from your own farm like you said kanina.
1: We work with our farm and we work with uh, another farm that supplies us milk. But when we get milk from other farms, or a farm singular, we have milk analyzers. So, we can tell whether binuhusan ng tubig yan o hindi. O dinagdagan ng powdered milk and water. Malalaman namin yun based on milk analyzers. Kasi, hindi naman lahat ng produkto single origin lang eh. Di ba? I mean, when you hear about single origin, you think of coffee beans, you think of, um, yun nga, uh, you think of milk, uh, but with milk, you, you really need to aggregate uh, other farms and make sure that you work with a, a farmer that has the same mindset as you in terms of quality. Diba? So just because you're working with a second or a third farm, it doesn't mean that your quality goes down. Because you're analyzing their milk, naman, you're checking it. Eh. So if they do, if, if it doesn't pass the milk, the milk analyzer, the test is not good, we reject it. Hmm. So they have to keep it at a certain level for us to accept the milk. Kasi hindi ren namin ng ng ano eh ng yogurt or ng kesong puti. Di ba? Kasi masyado nilang deny loot or masyado nilang binawasan yung quality ng product nila. So, we really have to test the, no? the, the product.
0: Oh. Wow. Okay. All right. Do you have any advice to those who want to become entrepreneurs as a person who have been through all of those things na?
1: Well, I think it's really important to find out more about yourself first. No, because if you're the type who who can't put in a lot of time working, then then don't be an entrepreneur because it's it's gonna entail a lot of time time of your work, uh, time of your life to to, to, to to make it grow or to make it succeed. No. Uh, there's no nothing wrong with working in a corporation and you know working sixty eighty hours a week and you know uh, working hard but working in an organization there's nothing wrong with that I mean, I can totally appreciate it, and many people live that life right, but only a few crazy people are entrepreneurs <laughs> so, <laughs> because it takes a little bit of craziness in you to. To really, um, to make something work from scratch. Uh, the amount of time needed to, to put in, uh, the ideas or the concepts, or even the way you do things. You can't do it the tra- tra- traditional way. Diba? So, ano talaga, it's maraming a and you know. Secondly, don't chase the money. Now, why do I say don't chase the money? Because people say, O, anong racket? Anong racket natin? Anong magandang sa type di kumita? Anong pag, pag uh, racket ang hanap mo? Pag pera lang nga habol mo? More likely than not, you'll get into something that you don't really enjoy doing. <laughs> di ba? Yes. So, you start doing something that you don't really enjoy because ang habol mo lang is na racket or ang habol mo lang is the pera. Only to realize, you have to spend a lot of time doing it. Then you say, oh my God, I have to spend so much time doing this to make the money that I want to make. And you realize, I don't want to spend that much time doing this. Or you're hating every minute of it, and you wake up in the morning, and you don't want to go to work, or you don't want to do it. You can't wait for the weekend, so you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. So, for me, um, don't run after the money. I mean, run after something. For me, no. Do something you enjoy doing. uh, Something that, parang to the point that you you don't feel like you're working anymore. Mm -hmm. When you get to that point, then you can do you can do seven days a week because you you do feel like you're not working. <laughs> you're working ten twelve hours a day, but for you it's not work. You're enjoying. You're having fun, right? So when you get to that point, your level of peace is amazing because you're not trying to impress anybody. You're not fooling anyone. You're treating people well. You're doing what you enjoy. Oh my God, there's no stress. You know? <laughs> so so for me, when you when you get to that level, it's just it's 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 an incredible feeling, incredible feeling.
0: Wow. yeah <laughs> All right. So first is be crazy.
1: Being a little, a little bit, old, a little bit crazy. A be a little bit, bit crazy. crazy. Yeah.
0: And then don't chase the money.
1: Yeah.
0: Love what you're doing, and I can see that in your face, sir, as you are sharing your story. Yeah. Sobrang ko yung passion and ano talaga to your business. So now
1: you're dying to try the ice cream. <laughs>
0: Yes, <laughs> I yeah. am.
1: <laughs> yeah, see, that's why I mean, guys don't normally buy our ice cream, even though they've heard about it. Really, people talk about it, but the guys really don't. Uh, but girls are more likely to try it. Mm.
0: Yeah, actually, I, I asked for help from my girlfriend, she's actually the one trying to get the ice cream for me right now.
1: <laughs> Has she tried it? Has she tried it? Yeah,
0: yeah, okay. She, she likes it, she likes it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah, all Good. right. So, a little bit more. So that we are still respectful of your time, I know you are a very busy person. Do you have any favorite books that come to mind?
1: Well, um, I read a book uh, a couple of months ago, but it's not about not about business. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called um, My memory is failing me now, but um, Confessions of an Economic Hitman." Mhm. And in a way, it relates to what things are going on now, how at that time, this is like the six, late 60s, 70s, and 80s, when um, the U.S. would send economic hitmen to different countries, would propose to build the airport or electric grids or the freeway system or whatnot, and saddle them with incredible debt with the, through the World Bank, Mm-hmm. And these countries would not be able to pay it back. And in turn, they have to give rights to the U.S., their U.N. vote and whatnot, which now, what's happening now is that's what China is doing, right? China is doing that now by giving so much capital and debt to all these different countries. And now these countries are so indebted to China that parang they have their hands tied to them. And you know, sadly, we are one of those countries. And if you look at the map of all the countries that they're helping out, it's like the new Silk Road. You know, they they actually are not just doing helping out countries or quote unquote helping countries just randomly. They have targeted countries in the world who they want to offer the help to. And if you know this, even in Africa, Marami silang ginagawang ganito sa Pilipinas na there are mining companies in in Africa that are all Chinese owned and. They own the ports and, and whatnot. I mean, it's not just the Philippines, but it's a big, it's a big thing of what what China is doing now. It's what I guess they learned it from the US. The US did it before, and now China's doing it, you know. So but in terms of business books, I tend to read books on um, Howard Schultz of Starbucks. I think his business model is something that I like. I like to follow, not that we have a lot of shops. I mean, Starbucks doesn't really do wholesale. They're more of a retail concept. Yes. You know? But I like how he approaches things. Um, and um, on the goofy side of the business, uh, I like to read the Richard Branson books. Mm. So Richard Branson of Virgin Group. Um, he does things very um, non-traditional. You know? So entrepreneur, non-traditional. Um, so you even, the people that you follow, like Simon Sinek. I like to yeah. watch Simon Sinek videos. So you have to check who matches your personality, one, and who matches the style that you want to emulate. You know? I mean, I'm not very much of an... I appreciate Elon Musk, mm-hmm. but the uh, style niya iba, mm.
0: iba.
1: But, man, the guy works, like, I think, 120 mm-hmm. hours a week or something. <laughs> the guy works so much also. I mean, he, you know, so, I mean, you, you pretty much um, appreciate and um, sort of look up to these guys but not all of their styles are w- will fit you or even will fit the Philippine setting. Yes. So try to figure out who you want to follow or who you want to sort of emulate and then go from there.
0: Alright. Alright. Yeah. Alright. So on to our last question, sir. Marami salamat okay. pala. Sure, sure. Alright, so right now we are in a health pandemic. If you had a message to the world and everyone could hear it, what would it be?
1: Well, I think what I'm going to say is what I would like to think many people think of. And this is actually a war. We are in a war now that no bullets are being shot, uh, missiles. uh, There's no soldiers that are going around. But this is really a war. I mean, people are dying. I mean, in the U.S. alone, there have been over 100,000 deaths. And that's more than the Vietnam War. Can you, can you f- comprehend that? That's more than the Vietnam War. You know, so there have been wars that have been fought that less people have died. So what's happening now is actually worse. You know? So for me, when you look at the business, for me, business is secondary. It's more the people's lives. That's why for the first month of operation of the lockdown we really told the, our staff to just stay in the house and we don't know how contagious this thing is you know I mean the way they were talking about it, it is like it was so contagious Na so we were all scared for our our personal health and our staff's health you know? so we, we continued paying them a full salary. But when we realize that, yeah, maybe we can start going to work on a part-time basis, and yeah, we started doing that maybe three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Now we're we're asking the um, production team to go to work uh, three to four days a week. No? Um, but I think more than anything, it's we have to all look after our health. Uh, we have to follow um, what the government is saying in terms of staying home and not, you know, mingling with so many different people. Even people delivering the food to your house, you know, try to minimize, you know, um, sort of interaction with other people. So this is a pandemic that it's hard to imagine what's going to be happening the next few weeks, next few months, or even the next couple of years. Uh, so I think uh, rule number one is just look after yourself and look after your health. So that's, that's, and you survive this thing and you're already ahead you you no you and don't know you so just just be careful and I mean I know the business is important but for me the health is more important because if my people start going or if I go then what happens now right so let's just get through this you know let's try to get through this as least painful as possible and then we'll just go from there and adjust from there you know um so, just everybody, just be careful and, and uh, take care of
0: your health. All right. Salamat, sir. All right, yeah. so Thank you so much, sir, for giving us a few minutes of your time. Salamat. Sure. I know you're a very busy person. Now, thank before you for having me. Yeah, thank you. So, before we end, do you want to share anything? Yeah. Do you want people to check out your website, your links, or no. do you want people to invite people to become community resellers for uh, Carmen's Best?
1: Yeah. Well, um, our website is uh, carmensbest.com. We also have an Instagram page, uh, which is uh, Carmen's Best. Uh, but we have a new line of um, alcohol-infused ice cream called J&M. And m m stands for my, my two sons, Jaime and Mikey. Oh. So the alcohol-infused, which is uh, j okay. is a new line of ice cream which we launched just a few months ago, December. And uh, before the lockdown hit, we were we, we were really selling the ice cream already to our resellers and whatnot. Uh, so hopefully we can um, go back to normal operation and start selling it again. But if you if you guys get to try the alcohol infused ice cream, it's really it's really different. It's really good. So hopefully you follow us in uh, Facebook and, and Instagram and uh, just get updates with regards to resellers. Um, yeah feel free to ask us how you can be part of the team and uh, sell Carmen's Best Ice Cream and uh, we can go from there.
0: All right. so maraming salamat once again.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you, sir. And good luck.
0: Yeah. Thank you, sir. That's it. Thank you for listening to the Deep Pockets by Investa podcast and stay tuned for our next episode.